0: Do you talk with your animals? Do you know what they're trying to tell you? I've been communicating with animals since I was four years old, and what I have consistently witnessed is our animals want to be part of our everyday conversations and are extraordinary storytellers. Let me help you listen more deeply, a listening from the heart that opens all the doors to communication. What we learn from the animals helps us understand ourselves in a new way. On this episode, we continue the conversation about animal soul paths as we discuss the top 10 soul paths of animals and humans. We also take a look at the connection between soul paths, soul contracts, and soul blueprints. Please join me in this fascinating look into the depth of our true relationships with animals and ourselves. Let's get the conversation started. Hello, everybody. I hope wherever you are and whatever part of the world, it's, it's a good day and you're finding treasures no matter what in your day. I'm always about um, being in the moment and finding things that are special and um, they can be even the smallest of things. If I am biking and I you know find an acorn that's different or a white squirrel runs across, um, I'm always so grateful for all of the the, the gifts that the universe offers. So with that said, you know it's a wonderful discussion we're going to have today and it's all about what the animals and their soul paths are meaning for us and what they mean for the animals i'd like to talk about you know some of the important things that i think at the end of our lives we start to maybe consider and also if we have animals that pass or we have people in our lives who have passed then You know, these kind of questions that I'm about to share arise, you know, did my life have meaning? And if so, what was it? And who are we in relation to that? You know, I have often, I guess because of my life, wondered these questions like, what is the meaning of life? And did my life have meaning? And I know, you know, at the end of any life, that's a lot of times the questions that arise. Um, And most times we're so busy in our lives living it that we don't ask those bigger questions until later. Um, And so I feel that when those questions actually arise, it's a pretty lucky life indeed, because a lot of people go through their lives never asking that. They, They don't even... They don't even, that's not even on the entrance ramp to any questions. Um, You know, more big questions would be, did we matter? Were we loved? Did we love? And how well did we love? How much of our heart did we love with? So when I'm discussing soul paths, I also have to bring in soul blueprints and soul contracts because they all intermingle. And when a life has completed, it's usually easier to get a clear vision of what we came here to do. Um, however, we can also do this as we're going through life, we can all, you know, start to zero in on seeing all the puzzle pieces, you know, and, and the animals at the end of their lives, they look and see what was the meaning. They too look at what they accomplished on their soul blueprint and yours because they have access to both. Um, And and two of the animal teachings that have been shared with me over and over again, and I think it's probably worth repeating many times, is number one, animals not only have their own purposes, but also their perceptions of any event. And I think that's important to take in because we don't often realize um, that they have their own viewpoint. The other thing they've shared is they have free will. Whether to agree with another's requests or to make their own choices. Those two are, are probably two of the biggest um, insights that they've shared with me and again shared over and over again. Um, that's something good to understand that we have to enlist their cooperation or their participation in anything we're asking them to do. Um, so I think in general with the Soul Path, um, understanding identifying them and understanding them can deepen your connection with your animal, uh, with yourself. It can help you gain a broader understanding into your own life. And so I don't know if any of you saw um, the video I made of Molly. If you don't, it's, it's uh, on YouTube. It's a little short video, but it it was kind of a preview to, to this show. Um, and Molly was a yellow lab who came to me many, many years ago as a, uh, as a pup. And from, from the very get-go of how she came to me through a, a photo to how she lived her life, Uh, She helped me understand a whole lot of things, including soul paths. And she would always also, you know, like clue me into what the other soul paths were. So apparently I was in training and didn't realize that, you know, we're always in our life living it. And I, she was, she was busy training me, although at some point I did know, like I was the student and she was the teacher. There was no question. So I wanted to read a little bit about her. Um, I have this on my blog post and, and, but I'll read a little portion because I think it'll help you. Um, understand who Molly really was and is because she still is trying to, um, I'll have to tell you that in a minute, She she's, she's getting me to write something else. I, it, she came in the other day and I was like, is that you? Um, so, she lived in a group of uh, labs and goldens and they were pretty like rambunctious groups so as molly grew she made it her business to watch over certain aspects of our home and family she was part of a lab retriever group i had at the time a fairly rambunctious ragtag street smart group that had come from different backgrounds molly was crystal clear about who ran the show and simply stepped into the role of mothering them all each and every one of them listened to her if molly said it it was so it was amazing to watch as she soothed others just by her presence. The group was made up mainly of boys who got in, into everything they could find, and they kept her quite busy. So it wasn't surprising one day when I heard barking downstairs because they, they barked a lot. And, you know, in my world, barking is as natural as birds singing. So I was like, eh, you know, listening with one ear. But then I noticed the bark was different, and it was Molly using her emergency bark. So I ran down to see what was up and she's standing in front, like I opened the door and um, sort of frantic. And um, she was standing in front of me with a rather disgusted look on her face and an expression that said, what took you so long? And I was like, Molly, what's wrong? Are you okay? My voice was like frantic and high pitched. And without a word, Molly turned around and led me into another room where I found Tommy, an older golden retriever with his head down um, toward the wall, and his collar was caught on the faucet attached to the water heater. I'm not quite sure how he did that, but he had he stuck there, so he was panting and frightened, um, and I reached to loosen his collar, and when I did, his head bobbed up, and he was so grateful. He was just like, thank you, um, and it's no telling how long he would have been there if Molly hadn't sounded the alarm, so I turned to thank Molly, But she was so busy checking out Tommy that she was like unaware of me. And then once she was certain he would be all right, she literally turned on her heels, dismissing me at the same time and headed for the water bowl because I'm pretty sure she got thirsty when she had to bark a lot and her job was done. But that's the way it was with her. She knew everything that was going on. And I mean everything. She was a master teacher. I was a student. And yet we were equals working toward the same goals of balance Harmony and loving kindness to all. So if we look at Molly, as we'll look at the, the soul pass um, you know, hers definitely is, is mothering. She came in, uh, she never had puppies, but she had plenty to do with us and the other dogs. She was literally such a help and support and definitely a teacher toward the end of her life. We would um, sit at the top of the hill. And by then everybody had passed. She actually, um, waited and saw all the animals out that, you know, transitioned before her. And it was only then that that she felt her life was completed and she had done what she came here to do. And so um, some of the very last times we had, she would kind of give me not instructions, but teachings. Let me see. I can pull real quickly and share. Um, I was like, some of the best moments I spent with her came toward the end of her life Her back legs became weak, which made her stride wobbly and slow, but that didn't stop her from meandering outside and we spent many hours just hanging out, talking and sharing memories. It was during those times that she reminded me of the important things in life. Number one, be present. Two, pay attention to details. Three, know who you really are and be authentic. Four, be aware of the whole, not just yourself. Five, practice loving kindness no matter what. Six, involve yourself in life. Don't just sit on the sidelines. Seven, treat everyone like family. Eight, don't waste your gifts by not using them. Nine, use them for good every day. Ten, do as much good as you can while you're here. She was an amazing, amazing teacher, an amazing friend. And so uh, as we go through this uh, discussion of soul paths or blueprints, I'm hoping that this is going to help you kind of dive into your own life and life of your animal. So soul blueprint. You're like, what is a soul blueprint Tammy? Well, a soul blueprint is like a layout of your life from start to finish. It's like an overarching plan. And when I first talked with my mentor, Sharon Callahan in, in um, Mount Shasta, the very first call, she was like, you're on your blueprint. And I remember going, wow, I've never thought of it like that. And so I learned quite a bit from her and then subsequently quite a bit from the animals. So it's a map of life that's kind of a universal puzzle. And the puzzle pieces fall into place as we complete each one. Um, so what are the puzzle pieces, you ask, of the soul blueprint? Soul contracts and soul paths would be the puzzle pieces that you know come from that. Um, so soul contracts. Agreements made between souls prior to incarnating animal or human, animal and human. It's it's like a handshake. And there are unlimited soul contracts. So it gets really fascinating um, to discuss this. And I thought I'd read really quickly. um, It's the English teacher part in me coming out. Sorry. Uh, about And Mort- Dr. Sue Mortar, um, in her book, The Energy Codes, writes about, and, and I'm sure some of you are familiar with her, writes about the bus stop conversation. And I thought, this is, this is going to be a good uh, example uh, from her writing. Uh, so, bus stop conversation. Imagine yourself at a cosmic bus stop where you and others pause between trips to this physical plane. As you wait, you get to chatting with the others at the bus stop, talking about your plans and agendas for life on Earth. You speak about what you desire to learn, how you wish to grow, and what you'd like your experience as a means of revealing to yourself your own true divine nature as being of energy and creator of your own life. So one of them says, I want to learn about my wisdom. Then another says, I'm going to declare and learn courage. I want to experience being unconditionally loving, says a third. What are you going to do? Someone asks you. Well, you might say, I'm going to have a bunch of experiences of waking myself up. I want to know my ability to forgive. Yep, I'm going to choose a level 10 experience of forgiveness, not just a level three or four. I'm really going for it this time. There's an audible gasp. A level 10 forgiveness? Wow, how are you going to do that, another soul asks. Well, I'm not sure. I suppose someone's going to have to do something that is, well, really unforgivable. One of your companions asked the obvious question, well, what would that take? Your reply, well, someone would have to do something like drink too much at happy hour, get behind the wheel, cross the center line on the road, and hit my car head on. To take it over the top, they might take the lives of my family or cripple me. It could have been avoided and would have been completely irresponsible. Then, after many years of hurt and anger and suffering, even more because of my unforgiveness— I will reach way down inside my heart and find a deeper layer of myself than I would have ever known under any other set of circumstances and forgive them. You pause for a moment, remembering that the bus stop offers an opportunity to enlist others to help you achieve what you want out of your earth life. You know, I think when I went over uh, last show with Sasha, uh, that really, um, that actually could be a part two show too, because um there was a a degree of blame or, you know, on, on gosh, there was, it involved me. It involved Megan, the other dog. Um, It involved a a definite um, level of forgiveness that had to come in. So, you know, the, the people that we have relationships with, the animals, you know, it could be a friend, someone who's challenged you. It could be a child, an animal, the thing is, in our soul contracts and just uh, overarching, we are all always being given the opportunity for growth in every single experience. And the animals are masters at helping us with this, um, as well as they are going through their own soul path learning and soul contracts. Um, so if you have the soul, the, the soul blueprint and you have the soul contracts between individuals, then you ask what's the soul path? So soul paths unfold within and over a lifetime, individual themes, lessons, patterns we're working on. Um, And it's really fascinating because Molly helped me see hers, her many ones, because guess what? We can have multiple soul paths. It's not just one. We think it might be, oh, I came here to learn. We came here to learn many, many. And Once you complete one soul path, then the next one rolls in. And maybe they're going on concurrently. So here's the secret, too. There are infinite numbers and combinations of soul paths. They are continually opening up, merging with others, and creating new combinations all the time. As we evolve, our soul paths evolve. And when I think about that if you it once we go in and I show you the different soul paths and we talk about that um, then you know we're going to to see that as we they may be um, like archetypes that you would have learned um, but As we've evolved and we're in this particular state of our lives, the year we're in, then the soul paths actually merge and create new ones so that we can continue to that grow. So it's pretty fascinating. So I just pulled some of the most common. Like I said, it's 10 plus, plus, plus. So the soul path of mothering, the soul path of friendship, joy guides, number three, the soul path of protection and protecting, soul path of healing. Soul Path of Vulnerability, Soul Path of Trust, Soul Path of Forgiveness, Soul Path of Independence, Soul Path of Master Teacher. So if you take those 10 soul paths, I'm going to let's go through. You'll have to bear with me um, how to identify your animal soul paths. 10 personality traits that you've noticed in your pets. you, you list that personality um, would be maybe uh, they're independent. They're friendly. um, You know, they, they are very communicative so that, you know, you would take that as a personality trait. Um, And then you, once you get that, you list the 10 values you perceive your pet might have. Now, let me explain what that is. Um, Molly valued um, authenticity and clear communication. She valued, actually, she valued being on time to, um, she just like interjected that. Um, she She valued family. So values aren't, they value food, water, and sleep too, but that's not what I'm asking here. So if you put that down on the list when you're doing this, um, yeah, steer away from those and go for more of the the true values, like what you would perceive they would have. And then step three would be you pick five personality traits that um, stood out the most from list one. And then you pick five values that stood out the most from list two and put them like, When you're doing this, I'm not necessarily saying you have to do it right this second, but when you're doing it, make two columns and just put personality traits, values, and then list them. Next thing I want you to do, which is where the interesting patterns emerge, the interesting energy comes forward, is to draw a line between the words that you see have linking themes between your personality and the values, because you're going to find they do link, I did one and Sasha helped me do this. Sasha was a very, very uh, unique, um, not that they aren't all unique. They are very individual dog. And she came to me and was, it was a, it was an intense relationship that we have um, had together and still have actually. So when I did this um, and I put Sasha's soul path, I, you know, I put personality, <clears throat> I put the values, and then I put soul path underneath. So personality, she was independent. She was guarded. She was very deliberate. She was mysterious on purpose, she told me later. She was judgmental. And a lot of times we don't think of animals being judgmental, but a- animals have opinions. And, and she definitely had her, you know, almost like a hierarchical kind of feel to her. Um, and so then I thought, okay, well, what did Sasha value? Sasha valued distance. Okay. She valued her status as a queen. Absolutely. There was a hierarchy and she put herself, um, kind of elevated to everybody else. There was a separateness. It was a deliberate separateness. Um, being separate from everybody. But she was also, if we look at number one with distance, she was also distanced from her heart, distanced from others, distance from me even. Um, and number five, she valued being authentic. So Sasha didn't apologize for anything she chose. That's just, you know, it being authentic to her own self. Um, so if we take the personality and values and we link those together first. So when I looked at it, I looked at independent and then I looked at the values and I'm like, hmm, what does independent go with? Well, it goes with, she chose to be distant. Um, she wanted her choice. That's an independent kind of quality. And she chose, she wanted to be authentic. So that was part of her independent personality, but it came across in what she valued. So guarded would go to, she had kind of a guarded feel to her. That distance again goes to her. And then the separateness goes to guarded. So it created both of those values. Um, And deliberate, you know, choice, definitely deliberate. And being authentic, I think are linked. And then when I looked at mysterious, um, yes, the status of a queen, she was mysterious and aloof kind of. And, you know, this almost like this regal, I'm on a platform kind of feel. Um, and then the judgmental part um, also went to the status as a queen, I think, because she felt like she had the ability and maybe even the the right to, you know, handle everybody there and, and, and tell them when they were wrong and things like that. So if you got that so far and, and um, you know, the soul path is, when I came to it and I thought about it, especially toward the end. And again, if you haven't seen that show, you know, I think it's a, it would be a good, helpful show for this, this discussion to, you know, if you get a chance to watch that about Sasha and do, do animals forgive. So she had, she struggled with vulnerability in her life. She, She had a heart wall. So she had difficulty with that. And she, not until the very end, Actually, did that vulnerability come out? She definitely had um, trust issues. Um, she had a forgiveness piece uh, with a lot of different things with you know human beings in general. And then that you know her soul path was independence too. She came here to learn what that really was. And so if you see the lines, they actually go to both. So vulnerability would go to uh, guarded and mysterious, and Um, you know, vulnerability on the other side goes to separateness, um, trust, trust going to, um, status as a queen, separateness, and these are subjective. So as you do this yourself, um, you know, there's not one hard, fast interpretation here. So and trust on the other side would go to guarded and then forgiveness. And those green lines would go to, she had to make a choice to forgive, um, and forgiveness also went to that judgmental part of her, um, and then the independence of her. though she learned came here to learn those those traits. Um, you know, went to the 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 personality of being independent, but also um, to distance and kind of holding herself as a queen. You know, into separateness. And so, question: Did she did she actually um, learn that? And 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 be able to get that by the end of her life. Um, I, you know, I think so. Um, You know, her path involved learning how to trust others. It was a lifelong challenge with humans or animals. She had survived being independent, so she only trusted herself. But in the end, she learned to surrender and trust the process of life because life between diabetes and then what happened at the end led to her sweet forgiveness and heart opening one that could literally be felt as she left her body. Well, you know, guys, we are out of time. So I really appreciate everybody that's been here today. Um, it's It's been very helpful to, to just chat and grateful you took your time. The animals are overjoyed. There's always a lot of energy and let's keep that energy going. Let's keep the conversation going so that we can... Um, keep the awareness that's expanding in us and throughout the world. Have a good week. You've been listening to Tammy Soul Speak for Animals podcast. Remember to subscribe to my YouTube channel, Tammy Soul Speak for Animals, and like my Facebook page, Soul Speak with Tammy Hendricks. And if you want a private session, please visit my website at TammyHendricks.com. Thank you for joining me as we change the way we communicate with animals and each other one conversation at a time.